BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We all know by now that atrocities were committed by Hamas on October 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel defends herself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes, entire communities torn apart, lives devastated by death and destruction. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, IFCJ, is right there in the middle of it every single day. They're distributing critical things like food, medicine, emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering people. The need is great, and that's why I'm here. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. If you want to give, and you should, go to supportifcj.org and give as generously as you can. Your gift will be matched to double the impact and help provide twice the support. Again, that's supportifcj.org. Supportifcj.org. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Shoes. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Shoes. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. 
Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's talk for a moment about what I consider to be one of the bravest things in the history of mankind. I find it to be amazing. And there are a million different kinds of courage. It's Medal of Honor Monday today. I'll read you a Medal of Honor citation of one of our heroes. And how many of these have I read for you over the time? Every Monday, Medal of Honor Monday. And you hear these stories of manning a machine gun nest, calling all his guys away while he sits there and mows people down. Diving on a grenade. That's a common one, isn't it? Diving on a grenade. Enemy throws a grenade at your buddies. Or, as sometimes happened, you were going to throw one and dropped it. No matter what happened, you see a grenade. And in an instant, you dive on it. You make that decision. Boom. Instant. Less than a second. Grenade's on the ground. I'm on it. That is absurd levels of courage. But it's also a decision you made in an instant. What's funny is you talk to the guys who really do go through horrible things in combat and heroes. When you have a chance to talk to heroes, and I've been blessed to talk to a bunch of them, so often what they say is, I wasn't really thinking about the danger at the time. I didn't have time to think about it. I was mad. I was this. I was I was sad. I was whatever. But they weren't dwelling on the danger at the time. Understandable, right? And that's, whew, that's courage. But there's a different kind of courage that I've always found to be just jaw-dropping. And that is the I've got time to think about it courage. Lots of time. And I do it anyway. That's okay. I know three days from now I'm going to be with my friends and somebody's going to pull the pin on the grenade and throw it on the ground. And I have got to get ready to jump on it. How many sleepless nights are you going to have? How much sleep are you going to have, period, between when you find that out and when that grenade gets thrown in front of your buddies? It's the mind that gets you in the end always, doesn't it? It's your imagination that gets you. Why do you think so many, to go off on a brief side note here, why do you think so many scary movies and scary shows end up being duds in the end. I'll tell, tell you why. 
Because so many scary movies, scary TV shows, scary books, they rely on mystery in the beginning. Ooh, there's something, there's something in the forest eating kids at night. Whoa, oh man. Oh, did you hear this? Did you hear that sound? That sounds scary. Oh, man. Oh, I think I saw a flash of something. It's scary. And what's happening is your mind is taking the little bits of information you've been given and it's working overtime and creating a monster specifically tailored for your fears. Then... When the movie, book, or television show has to actually produce what is out there, it's always a disappointment, 100% of the time. Why? Because they can't ever produce something specifically tailored to each and every mind out there. Your fears are your fears. Mine are my own. The human mind, when it deals with fear, is a powerful thing. Now, how much time have you spent on the ocean? That's exactly right, Chris. Producer Chris said, like the show Lost. You may remember the show Lost. Not going to go off on it. Remember, part of the thing was there was this mysterious thing eating people, killing people on the island. And it was really creepy for about a season. Nobody knew what was going on. Oh, this is wild. And it turned out it was some kind of like underground smoke monster thing. And universally, everybody looked around and said, well, that sucks. Anyway. The ocean. When's the last time you were on the ocean? Looked down at the water. Looked out at the horizon. I know you do what I do when you're on the ocean. I know you look down. You look at the water. And and I love the ocean. You know, I swim in it. I'll dive off the boats. I've been snorkeling, scuba diving. I just, I, I live, lived in the water most of my life. So I'm not one of these people, you know, thinking there's jaws around every corner. But I look down at that water and I wonder what's under there right now. I look out at the horizon and I think, what's out there? How far could I go? The age of exploration is a fascinating thing. I would encourage you, and I may start doing, I may do a bunch of these over the next month or two, just because so many of these guys are awesome. I would encourage you to dig into as many of these guys as you can imagine. Because what's really unknown about the world today? I, I know, I know what you're going to say. Oh, there are depths of the ocean. We don't. No, I get that. I, I get that there are unknowns, but in general... You know the world today. Geez, we're in outer space. It would take you right now a grand total of about five to ten seconds to pull up an image of the entire world on your phone. Now, you and I dismissed that. Well, yeah, of course. Um, there was a long, long, long time in human history. Let's go ahead and call it, oh, about 500 years ago, which is not that long in the grand scheme of things. About 500 years ago, they didn't know what was out there anywhere. You knew what you had explored. 
And even then, you have people like Marco Polo who had gone exploring, you know, exploring back to uh, the Mongolian Empire. And he brings back all these stories and such. So imagine this. Imagine heading out into a wilderness area where you knew nothing or you knew one report from one guy. You don't know how much he embellished. You don't know how much he lied. You don't know anything. The age of exploration blows me away because they were constantly venturing out on purpose to places they knew nothing about with an excellent chance of not coming back. That is astounding. Astounding levels of bravery. And you know what? To be honest, this is going to sound like I'm the biggest America homer in the world. I think Christopher Columbus, what he did surpasses them all because of what he did. Because of, well, I'll explain it to you. First of all, let's go back to Christopher Columbus. Beginning of Christopher Columbus. He was born, a lot of people say Christopher Columbus was Italian. Ah, It's not really true. Christopher Columbus was born in Genoa. Now you're going to say, well, yeah, Italy. Well, no. Not at this point in time when he's born. We're talking 1400s. At this point in time, Genoa was a city-state. City-states were very, very common back then. They would not have considered themselves Italian at all. They would have called themselves Genoans. And Genoa had a pretty cool history. Hang on. Home title lock is not an option anymore. This home title theft that is sweeping this country, it's not going away anytime soon because it's so lucrative for the criminals and so easy for them. You can't comprehend how easy it is for these cyber thieves to get their hands on your home title because it's not a piece of paper anymore. It's just digital. It's sitting there online. They know what a moneymaker this is. They get their hands on it. They forge your signature on it. They take it, get a loan out against it. You have to pay that loan back, not your insurance company. You do. If you don't, you're going to get evicted from your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address. See if you're already a victim. While you're there, sign up. Use the code JESSE. Get 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. Jesse Kelly returns next. Genoa, 1400s. Should be noted, Genoa is a trading merchant city. Period. End of story. That's who they are at this point in time. They may still be that. I don't know. I don't I don't do current events, Chris. But if you look at Genoa, 
You need to picture the northwest corner of Italy, right where it starts to curve and starts to blend in all those other countries that don't matter as much. I'm just kidding. But right where it starts to curve, there's Genoa, right there on the water. And most, much of human history is built around water of some kind. One of the fascinating things on our trip to Europe we took, the only time I've ever been, probably the only time I ever will go, Chris, at this point in time, but our, one of the fascinating things was how all the cities we came across are built on the ocean or a river. All of them. It was amazing. It's just how you did things. You and I, we take our access to clean water for granted way too much. I know I do. I'm sure you do too. Anyway, I'm not going to go off on that for the moment. Genoa is a trading place. It's a place of ships. They send things to and fro. They're not in the 1400s what they once were. Other countries are beginning to rise, figuring out that, wow, this ocean trade thing might actually catch on. And they're rising in Genoa is, I don't want to say crumbling, but they're a shell of what they were. There was a time when Genoa was mega powerful. Columbus grows up as many young Genoan, 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 Genoanese, Genoan, who knows, Chris, as many young dudes in this area do on the water. Christopher Columbus is on the water at the age of 10 and will remain on the water the rest of his life. That's who he was. Now, let me clarify something, because you have to say this these days. I'm going to have somebody email me and say this to me. Jesse, don't you know they were slave traders? Don't write me that email. Let me be clear about something. I need you to hear me here. I don't care. I don't care about things they screwed up 500 years ago. It didn't happen to you. I didn't do it. You didn't do it. I don't care. Stop this absurd ruining of history by judging them because of today's standards. We're going to talk some slavery today because it's going to come into play here in a minute. Don't write me your emails yelling at me about it. I, I know slavery is barbaric. I know. It's also the history of the world. Still going on today, by the way. Not that you'd know it, but still going on in parts of the world today. Be glad it's not going on here. Yes, there were slave traders. Columbus grows up on the water. Columbus becomes a bit of a military man. And because you can't ever read anything positive about Columbus anymore in this broken society, let's keep in mind, dude was kind of a war hero. Dude got blasted out of the water on a naval ship, lands in the middle of the ocean six miles from land, and he's wounded and swims clear to shore and makes it. When's the last time you tried to swim half a mile? I was just in the water when I took that vacation to Florida about a month ago. I am a strong swimmer. It's because I'm so 
long, I'm sure. I grew up in the water. I'm 6'8". I have big hands, big feet. I just, I can swim. I was in the water there a couple times, and there were a couple times of, man, the ocean will kill you easily. Easily. Six miles wounded, hanging onto a piece of scrap wood is impressive. This young gentleman, though, ends up in Portugal, and he kind of likes it. And if you are a young man and you view your life as going to be a, a life on the ocean, you really did pretty well for yourself ending up in Portugal. Now, let's dwell on this for just a moment. It's funny when we talk about this point in history because so many of the countries we talk about still exist today. Well, Portugal, when's the last time you even mentioned the name Portugal about anything? I'm not trying to insult Portuguese people at all. The chicks are smoking hot, so I love Portugal. But when's the last time you even thought about Portugal? Never. It never comes up. That is stunning when you consider what a fall from grace that is because at this point in time, Portugal was a big, big deal. A very, very, very big deal. And why were they a big deal? Well, they chose to invest in the right things. They figured out very early on, we're Portugal, we're Portugal, we're Portugal, we're on the water, um, I think shipping's going to turn out well. Let's do a lot of that. And they began to explore, and specifically, they began to explore West Africa. Portugal was phenomenal at this. They would explore areas of West Africa, making their way south, but setting up shop every place they landed that turned out to be good. Oh, this area looks not too bad. Oh, we we get along with the natives here. Oh, this or that. Let's build a fort. And they would build these areas and colonize West Africa and build these forts, and they would begin to trade a lot. Yes, in slaves too, a lot. It was really funny. at Well, not really funny if you were one of them, but at this point in time, Through much of Europe, it was illegal to have a slave if it was a Christian. If it wasn't, sure. Not the most biblical concept I've ever heard in my life, but who among us doesn't fail at that? But Portugal's goal right now, and this is going to be a big part of our story. This is the whole point of our story. Portugal's goal right now is to get to the east. They need a trade route to the east, places like India, where spices are everything. We can never understand the importance of spice trade back then because you and I, when we want spices, we walk four feet to the left and open up the spice cupboard in our house and we have, what, 10, 20 40 different jars of spices of everything you'd ever want. It's absurd, right? What don't you have? You want cinnamon. You go grab the cinnamon and put cinnamon in something. You want cinnamon back then? A little harder to come by. You want black pepper back then? 
and everybody wanted black pepper back then, harder to come by. You have got to get East for it. Even if you don't like the taste, everyone else does. It was like sitting quite literally on a pot of gold if you were sitting on spices. The, the trade was that big, and Portugal needed a good way to get east. So they were working their way down south, West Africa, to try to get around it and get over and get a trade route to the east so they could get spices and get them back. Understandable. And this is the era Christopher Columbus comes up in. Chilling in Portugal, learning about what to do, what not to do on the water, learning how to fight. Columbus starts to get known around town with the aristocracy. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Portugal wants to get to the east. They are not alone in this. Other countries are rising. Other countries are getting very powerful, and they want to get in the game. They're already in the game. They want to win the game. Now, this is a race. We're in a race now to get east, to get a great route east first. It's important to be first. It's not the end of the world. You know you're going to get something if you come in second. But boy, first is you've got the forts. You've got a colony you've claimed. If the other guy wants it, he has to go to war with you for it. It's a big deal to get there first and slam down your Portuguese or Spanish or French flag and say, this is ours. Made it. If you want anything from here. We'll have to charge you for it. It's a big deal. Plus, there's this feeling now, at this, in this time, I believe this, I don't know if this is true, but I believe that there are certain trends in every period of time. I personally believe they're God-given, but I have he didn't tell me that. 
but I believe there are trends like worldwide in certain periods of time where you see the world is doing certain things. The world itself seems to be focused on this or focused on that. And this point in time, there was a real feeling with these people not only to pursue riches, and that was a big part of it, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, but there was a big feeling, a big need out there to spread the gospel, to go talk about God everywhere. And so that played a big role in it too. Did did a bunch of people who just wanted gold use the God excuse? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, don't be naive, of course. But you also don't have to be king cynic. I mean, who's a bigger cynic than me? The truth is, though, there were a lot of people who really wanted to go, spread the gospel, share the good news. So that was a big thing. And nations seeking approval for themselves from the Pope and from God himself, nations really, really wanted those notches on the belt. Hey, Pope. I'd like a guaranteed get into heaven card if you don't mind. Maybe you haven't heard. I just took an entire country and made them all Christians. Boom. I mean, yeah, we killed anyone who didn't convert, but that's different. Whatever. You get it, Pope. It mattered. It was a big motivation. Christopher Columbus, I don't want to give him all the credit for having this idea But there was an idea out there. He did not come up with it. There was an idea out there that you could sail west instead of clear down around Africa because that was a tough, tough, grueling journey. Clear down around Africa, around the Cape, and then you got to see. I mean, look at that. Pull up a map and look at that route from Portugal, from Portugal down around the southern tip of Africa, clear over to India, and they'd go further east than India too. Just do that route in a sail, in a sailboat. Ugh. So there was a way of thinking out there that you could sail west and get there faster. Do not listen to these idiots today who say, uh, they all thought the world was flat. And that you were going to fall off the edge. That is not what they thought. Were there some people out there who thought that? Yes. But they had they knew enough by now to know the earth was round. How many ancient peoples have we talked about that had figured things out from the stars and the moon and others? They knew the earth was round. He knew that. But what is truly, truly amazing they didn't have any idea how big the world was. Isn't that weird to you and I? And then here's what's really going to blow your mind when you think about it. If weird is a way of saying uncommon, then you and I are the weird ones because we know. The world was one gigantic mystery for most of history. They had no idea how big the world was. They didn't know. And the the thinking of let's head west to find Asia, I mean, it got some traction. Some people liked it, but for the most part, who's going to risk it? When you don't have any idea... Who is going to risk it? And you understand 
that even these major trading ships, these major, major people, that they, they knew everything there was to know at the time about shipping, most of the time when they were in the ocean, they were within sight of land. You had to be. There was no GPS. There's no Coast Guard. There's uh, storms on the horizon. Let me pull out my weather app. It looks like it's going to intersect with us in a week. No, no, there's none of that. You get hit by one, you're dead. You don't point your ship into the ocean, into the open ocean. If you do, you have a specific place you're going. You know how long it's going to take you to get there. You know exactly how much food you're going to need. You know exactly how much water you're going to need. You know you need to spare this. You need, you know you need to spare that. If you do it, you pucker up. You do it, and you know, okay, that's okay. We got All right, we'll be there in 32 days. All right, if the wind's not with us, maybe it'll take us 38 days. Let's take 45 days of supplies. We're okay. But you never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, point your ship to the open ocean and just go without any idea at all, and I mean zero, of when you're going to see land again. That is such an absurd level of suicidal bravery, I cannot even put it into words. No Coast Guard, no GPS, no telephone, no idea when you'll hit land again. And keep in mind, if you get out on that open ocean and you don't reach land, you die ugly. It's one thing to die. Aren't we all a little worried about what way we're going to die, though? Isn't it in everybody's mind on some level when you think about it? You see somebody die in some horrific way, and you say to yourself, oh, man, I hope that's not me. Oh, but I'm asleep one day. You know, all of us hope for that. You ever die of thirst? You ever seen somebody dying of thirst? It's long, and it's slow, and it's brutal. Or starvation. Body starts eating itself. Ever see somebody dying of starvation? That's what you're risking when you're going out in the middle of the ocean, and that might be the more pleasant one. Let's talk about the fact you're out there in the middle of the ocean and a storm comes and your ship goes down. Remember that ocean we talked about? You're looking underneath wondering what's there. Now you're clinging to a piece of wood in the middle of the Atlantic at midnight with the waves rushing over your head. What's going through your head then? And these guys would have known that. But Columbus subscribes to this idea that I can get to Asia, I can get there quicker and more efficiently if I head west. Columbus is known in the fancy circles by now, mainly thanks to his wife. He married a woman who was connected. Does not appear to be a marriage of convenience, though. I, I mean, they, they, By all appearances, they really genuinely liked each other. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Columbus is known, known enough to get audiences with very, very powerful people when he meets them or when he wants to. He's known to be experienced on the ocean. He's known to be real ambitious, a bit ambitious and a bit too aggressive for many people's tastes. Now, I'm a Christopher Columbus fan. We're going to keep talking about the bravery too, but let's focus on what happens next for a reason. Christopher Columbus finally gets a meeting with the Portuguese people calling the shots, the royalty. This is his business pitch meeting. This is his, here's why I need you to give me ships and men to go west meeting. And Christopher Columbus blows it. Not because he was unprepared. He was very prepared. Not because he wasn't experienced. Not because of any of that. He blows it because Christopher Columbus, consistently, it appears, throughout his life, failed to read the room. Reading the room. It is everything. I teach it to my sons. You should teach it to your kids. There is a time and a place for everything. When you stand in front of the royalty to make your pitch, probably not the best time to stand there and say, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Came off way too arrogant. Portugal, this is the ultimate shaft, Portugal Tells him, no, not interested. We already have our route to the east. Thanks, but no thanks. And then they start looking into it themselves. Oh, no, that's a terrible idea. Anyway, maybe we should check out the going west thing now that he's gone. Columbus, though, to his credit, not a man to be dissuaded. He leaves Portugal. He goes. He travels. People don't realize this. Columbus asked England, France. Genoa, 
Spain. He, he's asking all these people for help, and they're all telling him no. Now, Spain told him no, but it was more of a not yet. He keeps it up and keeps it up and keeps it up, and finally Spain, knowing they needed to keep up with Portugal, that's the only reason they agreed to do all this, Spain agrees to give Columbus what's he want. Now, why did it take so long? Well, like I said, Columbus, uh, all I can go by is what they say, what they wrote about him, and there's so much written about the dude. But he really comes huff like a guy who would be a bit much to be around. I don't know that it would have been fun to have cocktails with Columbus. He, he seems to be one of those guys who manages to work into a conversation in the first five minutes, how much money he makes, what kind of car he drives, how many houses he has. How many, I mean, it. I talk, I talk to myself for a living, and I don't talk about myself as much as Christopher Columbus appeared to. He's just one of those guys. And tell me if you've ever known somebody like this before. A little, what's a great way to put this? A little grabby? Always asking for the moon at all times. You know this guy, right? There's a guy like this in your office or in your or in your industry. He's the one in there. Gets a raise. Gets the big raise other people wanted. There's a little jealousy, and he goes right back in the boss's office the next month and asks for another raise. I mean, he's a good employee. It's nice to have him around. It's just, oh, he's just a little, it's just a little much. Hey, do you want to invest in this property? Hey, you got an extra 10 grand? Hey, you know what? I feel like the company should pay for my car. You know this guy. Well, the first time he approaches Spain, Columbus asks for the most over-the-top, absurd things for his journey you can imagine, including that he owns one-eighth of everything they find, that he is named, I'm not making this up, Admiral of the Ocean. <laughs> and, and there was more. It was just essentially, no, I, I'm essentially going to become a country to myself whenever we do this. Spain said no initially. Then Spain, knowing they had to keep up with Portugal, goes back. And they agree to it. And they give him the moon. Kind of. Here's what's funny about this. Christopher Columbus crossed the ocean initially with three ships. You know it. Nina, Pinta, Santa Maria. You know the name of the ships. Everyone knows the story. Talk about giving somebody the bare minimum because you don't think he's going to come back. Just to put this in a frame of reference here, and obviously I'm probably going to have to take two or three shows to do Columbus. I'll probably, I won't leave you hanging. I'll probably do the second one tomorrow. Don't worry. But his second voyage, they gave him 17. That's how you cross the ocean. Three is, <laughs> yeah, see you soon. Wink, wink. Hang on.
One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The king and queen of Spain agree to give Christopher Columbus three ships. He gets two of them on his own. He finds these very, very well thought of navigators, the Pinzone brothers. They help him get a crew for two of them. His Santa Maria was the biggest ship. That was his flagship. Remember I said there were three ships and he only got two of them voluntarily. Well, this is the era of monarchs. So on some level, when king and queen are asking, at some point they're going to stop asking and there's going to be a lot of telling. You see the Pinta? (laughs) And this will come up later. The Pinta didn't really want to be there. And the king and queen said, oh, hey, guess where you're going? Now imagine how much does that suck? Oh, were ships being forced into this? Oh, that sucks. Hey, where are we going? I'm I'm sorry, where did you say we were going? West. That's the wrong direction. Hang on. Kelly show your holster is way more important than you think it is it's just way more important than you think it is what look and I get that the holsters not the sexy part of carrying firearms right you want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition you, you want to talk about your safety training you want to talk about how you did at the range oh look at my groups I was doing these failure drills today and all that stuff's really important I mean really really important I'm not discounting that but I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest retention systems because it's all custom made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off.
If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.